Do you know what your partner's up to when you're away and they're all alone? No, what? They're listening to the Screw Podcast, of course. What's that? Mm, sit back, relax, and listen. You're all gasmatics. You're all gasmatics. Sneaking in the back door with dirty magazines. So your mother wants to know what all the stains on the jeans. And you're all gasmatics. Thanks for tuning in to the Screw Podcast with your favorite degenerates, Felicia Rose and her rusty, trusty trombone. <laughs> I wasn't sure what you trombone. I wasn't sure if you were going to say that or not, but yeah. And her sidekick, Ayla. Hey. Hi. Hi, Ayla. Hey, what's up? It's fun seeing you in that little, that little like square on my screen, but it'd be better in person. You like me in the square? I like you in the square. Thanks, baby. I like you too. <laughs> what are we fucking talking about? We got a whole new So space. this week, yeah, we have a brand new month for you. So if you weren't into the gay sex ed, <laughs> then you should, you probably won't be into this one either. We're talking <laughs> this month about queer media and queer pop culture and the different access and information that is within that queer media and the difference between, you know, what we had growing up versus what the kids have these days, if you will. Fuck yeah. So I don't really know what kids look at for pop culture anymore, like movies, TV shows, songs. I don't really know. I only see a little bit of it. So I'm actually kind of interested to do like a little bit of a compare and contrast about, you know, if you're queer and growing up right now, if you have a TV, what is it that you get to see that shows you your, you know, representation of oneself? Well, and, and you know, like, I think I was thinking about this in terms because I was like, oh, shit, you know, I should think of some shit. But like, you know, I think one way one way to look at this and I will make the argument and obviously we'll have to figure out and call bullshit or not, like when we like investigate it more. But um, that there is a certain, you know, formula being kind of regurgitated around like at least like discussion and representation and like queer pop culture stuff like take for example you know many people will agree that like Degrassi which you know spanned both my youth and your youth on some level um and now right and a, now and now yeah. either right so you know that they started definitely handling I would say some topics that certainly weren't being handled on regular sitcoms and certainly not with any honesty or education and then you fast forward that to like a kind of more dramatic representation of things like skins, right? You know, and not the fucking mm. crappy US version, but like the original skins, which was like showing some things that people are like, oh, this must be like, this can't be real on some level, at least with adults saying this can't be what like youth are getting into on some level, you know? Right. And then fast forward to today and you have euphoria. These are all kind of like, they're all kind of trying to handle the same sort of social issues, I would argue, especially issues that are kind of around that divergent, like Betty Lou and Little John Boy, like a la, um, what's that movie where they go back in, into like the television and like uh, with, um, oh, what's a Reese Witherspoon and whatever. Pleasantville. Pleasantville, right. So you have like Pleasantville, which is like kind of, I think, like our parents... Like, all our parents got exposed to as, like, kids was little Betty Sue and little John Boy are going to behave like they're supposed to. They're never going to talk back to their parents. They're certainly never going to do drugs. And holy fuck, they're not going to sleep with a transgender hooker on Roosevelt Avenue, right? So, like, you know, sure. you definitely have this big change in not that many years in terms of, like, what people get away with. And I would also argue that, you know, in some ways, there was stuff in the 60s and the 70s that was way more honest about some of these topics. And then we got, like, sucked into the, like, kind of sitcom era. You know, like, you think about, like, even the Golden oh, Girls, yeah. right? Most people went into, like, there are aspects of the Golden Girls where they were talking about shit that, like, they honestly, most shows are not going to, like, deal with, you know, in network right. television. They, like, are calling in too many controversies to the table. So I, I think we definitely had... A certain amount of things, like what my soul called my soul called life, right? I don't know if you like, mm -hmm. right? like, and so that was the first time. Jordan kind of wanted my boyfriend growing up. I <laughs> space for him. Well, for me, yes, I. <laughs> I think it was definitely the first time that I saw 
you know, a young person, right? And we had, you know, Haley on the podcast talking about a young queer person not feeling entitled to have a sexuality because they were young. Well, honestly, like, it felt like that in many ways until something like My So-Called Life came out. And I saw another queer high school student and was like, holy shit, are they saying it's okay? Right? Because media and, like, this representation, people, like, underplay how powerful it is. It's almost like a permission to feel okay about something sometimes because if the television is showing it then like it must mean it's a thing that's happening in people's lives you know not just mine right so you like get out of that like lonely road kind of fucking feeling and it was it was veiled it was you know this woman has to dress like a man now and pass and then Mm. There's a love interest or a very close friend or, you know, like things like that. And it was very, you know, wasn't spoken necessarily, but it was there. Right. And so how did that trans, how did that change into what we then had in the 80s and then the 90s and into now? Sorry, I totally interrupted you, but. No, 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 no. It was totally on the same groove. Like. I guess, like, when I'm thinking about, like, what what I think I know about these things, like, I think it has been kind of, like, a ebb and flow, if you will, that there's been times in the past where some of the things represented were surprising for the quote-unquote era that they were in, you know? Right. I think Billy, Christ- Billy Crystal played, like, you know, albeit, like, a token queer kind of man on, like, a fucking show in the 70s or whatever, and, like you know, uh, with the woman from uh, the Golden Girls, mm-hmm. right? The Dorothy, Dorothy from whatever her, B. Arthur, is that her name? Yes. Something like that, yeah. And so, like, she had this show that was dealing with super, like, controversial stuff that they definitely were not talking about on television in the 80s and, like, only started to reapproach again in the 90s on some level. So, well, the 80s think, became, like, you know, uh, AIDS panic era right you know, 80s and stranger time. danger and like all those kind of like tropes yeah. satanic it panic all, all those fucking, uh what's his face president he just completely fucking ruined how anybody felt about anything that was not white and straight essentially for a fucking hollywood actor to be such a fucking dick you know don't don't that shows you, we don't even need to mention his fucking name. Anyways, so, um, but like, so, you know, I'll be curious when we kind of like check out some shit to see, you know, kind of, and I'm sure, because everybody loves to write about these things, especially sociologists, there'll be something available for us to review and see, like, how progressive has there been a trend up and down with talking about more, you know, what people would consider controversial or like social issues that tend to go uh, untouched and a lot of that is queer representation and and I would still say you know that I still think we live in an era where the representation is still very much like funny guy a feminine sidekick or like you know de-sexed kind of lesbian characters like, yeah it's all it's know. like it's very surface or um b had a good word for it last time and i forget the name the, the word but it was mm. you know basically saying it wasn't deep there was no layers right. to it, you know, and yeah. that's a lot of what you get. You get very, yes, you do get depth in, in new places and different places now. And that's great. But a lot of it is not, you know, it's like, what can, what's, it's almost like, what's the path of least resistance to show yeah, people I mean, that are relatable? you know that kind of shit it's like okay i mean it doesn't have to be a cliche like unfortunately what they do is say here's this queer character instead of building a character that happens to be queer and i'm not saying that means you ignore the queerness like but it's part of that character's development like it is for any other character right it doesn't become the token gay or the token black character or the token latina like you know we've seen some like harsh representations especially in like sitcom range of like really playing up stereotypes to present a character and that's not real life how much of it becomes trauma porn essentially (laughs) now how many times do we have to have the queer character completely murdered made into the humiliated, right, humiliated, raised, you yeah, know, all the above, 
Exactly. Get and HIV, get HIV and die. Exactly. And all the Philadelphia of style. Course, you can't be blind to the plight of queer people as well. Sure. But there has to be a balance. It can't be that every time a queer person comes on your TV, they're going to be a bad guy or yeah. they're going to be the murderer or they're going to be the murderer, the, mur the murderer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's funny you know, that you say that because it was something that like, you know, you recommended Euphoria to me and mm -hmm. like it took me a while to fucking watch it. And I do try to watch, you know, anything that is kind of modern dealing with like substance use and or like sexuality or gender roles and all these things because, you know, there is like we kind of started the podcast, like a element of like, well, if this is what you're representing, is it something that queer folk on the other end of like the media object are going to relate to or see right. themselves in or or feel uh, protected by or concerned for by, right? You know, like, and and Euphoria is like, um, it, it's like substance abuse porn um, on one level, like, and, 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 and that's not to say it's not real for sure. a lot of people. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, like one is very, um, I mean, there is some like intense controversial matter in there. I'm thinking of the father's scene when he finally kind of fesses up to his quote unquote true nature or whatever and pisses all over the house, you know, and like basically has been in this lockstep of like nasty, toxic masculinity with his sons. And like, you know, just, you know, there's a lot of things on there that I do think, you know, the show, I mean, and let's face it, it's a show. It's going to be soapy. Like if people want a documentary, watch a fucking documentary, right? Sure, sure. These shows are shows aren't claiming to be documentaries. They're claiming to be something that is, like, dramatically engaging, right? So, you know, we can, like, there's plenty of things to critique about it, but I think the thing important that was I was looking for was, are they going to kill the transgender girl? <laughs> like, um, is that, like, how much how much victim presentation is going to be here, right? Because I do think we have a tr trouble of being sidekick or victim. And like, you know, in representation, that doesn't help us get anywhere. It doesn't help us feel that we are, you know, worthy, capable people in the world. It makes us either afraid or um, feel like we have to fit ourselves to a certain kind of behavior or type. Well, that brings up the question in my head what was some of the first queer representation that you saw i know you weren't really i or at least i from what i remember you didn't really grow up in a house with like a tv as the focal point right. if if it was yeah. there at all so therefore you know what do you remember and when did it come in your life it might have been a little bit later than say me searching for queer representation for example mm. but you know like i do remember my so-called life but mm. you know the queer kid was a dude, right? So, like, did I have right, a right, right. did I have a ton of relatability there? No, but did I also deeply understand what he was going through? Yes. So, like, that was yeah. interesting, you know. Yeah, you know, like I, th you know, <laughs> my first gut instinct was to say yes, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That was like my first because <laughs> that that bitch was like in a million Calvin Klein ads, baiting every fucking faggot he could get his hands on, you know, only to end up being Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> what a disappointment! But um, you know, like, but no, in in honesty, I'm trying to think. There were a lot of things that like skirted. I obviously remember seeing like the coming out episode of Ellen DeGeneres mm. and like yes the, these are early kind of things I definitely remember Rosie O'Donnell coming out and having yeah, this talk show yeah. you know and I and I and as much as like I fucking find Ellen DeGeneres so fucking problematic there were certain things that were like you know and money fucking power changes people so like let's just talk about people in the snapshot of who they were and what the time was you know, uh, it was, like, kind of intense, you know, like, there seemed to be people coming out, like, I think, you know, Billy Joe from, um, what's that fucking band? I Walked That Lonely Road, blah, 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 blah. Green yeah, Day. Green Day was coming out and saying pretty fiercely that he was bisexual. That's right, and he has the line, I went to a whore, he said his life's a bore or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and like people caught the line and he didn't run from it, 
you know? And I mean, obviously, we grew up in the era of Michael Stipe taking 100 years to come out of the closet Mm -hmm. and um, fucking Ricky Martin taking 1,000 years to come out of the closet. Women women seem to do it quicker, you know? Right. That's what I'm saying. Well, right. And we've talked about that before. On some level, there is at least for, on the surface a lot of more social acceptance around women being intimate where I also think it has to do with how they represented themselves. Ellen wasn't hiding. Ellen, you know, like as far as Ellen being more of a masculine woman, she wasn't hiding, you know, wasn't exactly wearing fucking, you know, she wasn't fitting into a size 10. She wasn't a lipstick. She wasn't a lipstick lesbian. Yeah, nobody was like shocking, right? And I think right. that was right. Like, like, here's this digestible version of me. Oh, here's the right. part that you probably knew about, but some of you will claim that you didn't. But like, well, really, there, all fucking did, right? There, there's a sex symbol kind of like energy to it, you know. Which, which brings me actually to this thought. Like, I was thinking, oh wow, this new. Because, you know, you're asking me about what, like, truly sticks out. Obviously, I will say what truly sticks out was Queer as Folk. It came right. on, and I I, I was, the like... original, like, for the I, record, for people listening that don't know. It yeah, was true. well, the semi-original, because the UK one was the original original, right? Sorry, but the they only did, like, original. <laughs> yeah, they only did, like, one season. So, I'll say this. Like, I think I was 18, 19 when it first aired. One and, of the you know, of Sons of Anarchy in it, right? The blonde kid. He was like a kid in that. He was like eighteen. That little Charlie or whatever. The little the one who played boy. the prostitute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the beefy oh. boy in Sons of Anarchy. He's oh like, my god, I can't <laughs> wait to tell. I gotta tell. I gotta tell my my man mm-hmm. that because that is fucking like okay, cool, hilarious. No, I didn't know that. But right, so so here's the thing. You have them do it right. So on the on the first American run of this. And I don't know about the UK one. I don't know if any of those actors were queer. But for the most part, on the the US one, most of them were not queer. Emmett mm-hmm. was queer. And the, the the twink, Justin, was queer, right? For the most part, being handled. And they dealt with, like, a lot of, like... And I remember at the time, you know, oh, these are such brave roles, which is always fucking annoying. It's not brave to be an actor playing a fucking character, you know? You want a brave role, like... like live birth on camera i mean like this isn't like it's not brave about this shit like you know you're you're representing people that exist which i believe is supposed to be acting um on some level right so but then the new one who goes out of its way to make sure they're hiring queer poc (laughs) talent is canceled after essentially the first season right right you know and 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 this should be something to pause when we as a community get in these arguments about like what representation is going on, remember those that are kind of controlling the narrative, they put out a show. And I will say this, I have plenty of critiques about the original American Queer as Folk. We know it was white as fuck and good Lord Showtime, could you not have invested in better fucking music? It is the worst fucking music I've ever heard on fucking any soundtrack. It's almost a joke now. Like, when I watch it and re- reruns or see it, I'm like, this fucking... You know, this show could have lasted 10 seasons <laughs> if they had spent some fucking money on a good fucking soundtrack. But they chose to go for stereotypical, like, you know, like, very generic, like, house and, like, kind of techno music for, like, its general sounds themes what year did that show come out i want to say like 98 99 2000 you know like what right that's why we have to give credit to wilson cruz because wilson cruz mm. did take that role that was you know oh you have so much courage to do this because wilson cruz was fucking gay and so far yeah. right and Am still right? very active yeah. he's, he's, no he's very active He's very active in the community still. I don't right. know. Okay. I, I was like, am but, I, re- you know. okay. For the record, I remember things really poorly, especially when it comes to <laughs> pop culture for some fucking reason. But he played Ricky Vasquez in My Soul Called Life. And what, what was it like 95? It was right before Romeo and Juliet came out. I think that was 95 or 94. He was playing a gay character and he was gay. That is, that took fucking balls to do 
in the middle of the 90s, right? Right. Hugely different. I, you know, what's funny is one of my first representations of queer was on the real world. And it was that mm. kid that passed away of HIV. The one in New Orleans. The New Orleans edition. Was it New Orleans? I thought so. Or was it New York um, City? I, was it Pedro? Pedro, Pedro, Pedro? yep. Pedro, thank yeah. you. He, again, name. I think not. it was New Orleans. Because I think he went on a date with um, the Anne Rice's son on on the Real World episode. See, I, Chris, I did not Chris know Rice. that. I love that. So <laughs> oh, my God. I was... But see, this is the difference. So what I will say is... I was a hound for like queer representation in the 90s and early 2000s because I was a young queer man out there kind of like trying to breathe that in. And it was an important time to see some things. And, you know, we were just desperate to see anything. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think on some level, that sucks to be in that position because, no, a lot of things didn't get done right. But again, who tr- controls the narrative? You're talking still about the most powerful queer people in media are still white queer men. And that hasn't changed from fucking David Geffen uh, to the fucking CEO of Apple to fucking Ryan Murphy to fucking... That well, I was just going to bring up Bravo. Glee. Glee, right. so... So you mentioned, you know, show. so let's just talk about from like the 90s forward, because that's when we're going to remember mm. the most of it. Right. So we have like the real yeah. world. We have my so-called life. Uh huh. Then what do we have for a while? There's definitely queer, a queer as folk. The L comes, word. But that comes like a good six, seven, eight years later. Right? But queer as folk and the L word were all on shows that were what, like HBO and Showtime. Like oh, your yeah. Parents Premium. had to have money. To be like, yeah. like I remember my mom finally stole somebody's HBO password when I was like <laughs> twelve, and I got to see the L word nice. or some shit like that. Nice. And that was, or maybe thirteen, I don't even know, but that was big for me because, like, I only had had access to cable television before. So again, right, my right. queer icons were Rosie O'Donnell. Ellen and no nothing wrong with that but it was outdated for my age you know right 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 so it was interesting yeah. so then we have a little bit of a gap on tv or at least i i am not thinking of it right now i'm sure i could look it up i this is that's the stuff we can look up is like what are we missing here right, um, what are we missing? and then What's you know you have to have hbo mention? or showtime to get some more representation yeah. this was long before what what's that channel now that has all the gay shit on it like there's there's a few now here yeah TV, right there's reverie there, there's there's quite a few things going there's on there's like now. a whole last network that like replays the l word and stuff you know like streaming and the l word some of that the l word was yeah. extremely problematic transphobic <laughs> fucking biphobic racist like the l word was a terrible show that sucks and that was the representation but there's also movies you know I don't remember when I saw, but I'm a cheerleader, but I saw it at some point in a pivotal yeah. part of my life. There was what better so there, than chocolate. That was a great movie. There was, there was a sweet spot. Priscilla. When, when these things, yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, all things that were, you know, Priscilla to Wang Fu, like, you know, there, there did become a, a period of these things, but like, think of all, like even Priscilla and to Wang Fu, three straight men dressing mm. up and, Drag, getting applause, also very uncomfortable talking specifically about like the trans kind of identity anywhere in the material, you know, while like, you know, yes, important for the time. And again, I'll say this, we got to contextualize it, even though I don't like to usually give a pass because fucking queerness has been around forever. So like, whatever you're uncomfortable is with is just about people being comfortable about it like (laughs) not that it's a new thing because it ain't no new thing you know Mm -hmm. so but i think you know the 90s started offering yeah it started opening up this kind of conversation you know and i but i I do see again it's like that ebb and flow you know when queer as folk ended there was like a conversation about what what's going to kind of feel fill that void and and this this is my memory of a situation. Correct me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> queer eye for the straight guy and oh, right. similar 
similar garbage is what filled the void of about actually like queer folks sort of just trying to live their lives, albeit with a lot more money than most of us. But like, you know, and like a really good queer bar that none of us have. (laughs) True. I mean, you know, so I, I see that like, you know, yes, somebody filled in to the void of like anything actually deliberately about queer lives. And what there was one on Hulu, Hulu original by the Australian chap, uh, comedian, uh, somebody will know it, but anyways, it was, it was a show about kind of somebody coming into their queer identity, but it wasn't about that. It was about their life, their friendships, like working, their parents, You know, it wasn't, like, all centered around HIV queer, oppression politics, like, you know, and and this is what I'm kind of, like, you know, we can love whatever, but a huge portion of, like, Queer as Folk was taken up about what fucking straight people think about queer people. Like, we all fucking know what they think about us. That reminds Including that. Sorry, what did you just say? I interrupted you. I just, like, why are we including that always... That we, if we want representation of our everyday lives, we know, I love y'all like on the front lines of this, but like we know our everyday isn't consumed with dealing with putting out the fires of homophobia. Well, and and you have to remember, we don't need, even if we don't have that, say we're not out, right? We have plenty of that representation in the media when it comes to the news. So we have to remember when Matthew Shepard happened. We have to remember... Mm when the episode of Jenny Jones, where she brought a guy on TV, a straight man, and said, you have a friend or something with a crush or with a secret to tell you or with a crush on you or something, and out pops this gay dude uh-huh. there to tell him, bro, I have a crush on you. And he showed up at the dude's house and fucking murdered him because right. he was making advances at him. And then right. Jenny Jones gets in trouble for it. So the it's basically like a tale of stay the fuck in the closet because of right. fucking fragile white nonsense right. masculinity. And so it was just one of these, it, it's like, and that was what, mid nineties. So and well, and, and Brandon, in- Brandon, Tina, Brandon, Tina, like we had like a, like mm-hmm. a succession of like, traumas that kind of happened and then tv made for tv movies that were accessible to all of us as opposed to the hbo and and the you know i'm not saying the l word was super fucking deep and layered because it definitely was like (laughs) the you know the lesbian version of like slutty men it was weird but at the same time like it had more nuance to it and a little bit more understanding of like the lesbian experience or the gay experience as opposed right. to these made for TV fucking lifetime original movies about these things that happen that are, it's just again, trauma porn. And it's right. like, what the fuck are we fucking like? We, we can't watch yeah. anything educational, right. Or anything that would like make any fucking sense to watch, but you can definitely watch lifetime original movie about the Jenny Jones murder or about, Matthew Shepard, they had like five like, like original movies about that on <laughs> oh, TV. I know. I know. And it's just like that. And those are, yes, they're educational, but Jesus fucking Christ, it's literally just a soap opera to those people writing it. These are fucking sure. real people's lives we are retelling right. the story of. You're not doing it justice, uh, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the question so the access I mean, is just, it's so interesting, like what right. you were allowed to watch versus weren't allowed to watch. And it was, well, and of course, of the, tra- of the traumas that weren't told. I mean, there were some mm. horrific murders of POC queer people in Mississippi and other yeah. places that that never got their day as a TV movie. Um, you know, Very so true. again, like, you know, the representation of even the trauma porn of our lives was still very limited to white folk. Of course. Like, be- yeah. Being worried about white folk. And, and again, it's like, you know, uh, all of these things that they don't like really crisscross the every everyday lives of queer folks too, you know, like, I mean, you know, you can do a, a Brandon Tina story and like talk about like 
sort of like skirt in a very like whatever the poverty and like uh unenlightened experience that comes out of like not having access to information and whatever in a small town but still managed to not really talk about poverty um like you know, and, and and these are the things that we we always do talk about because you know we may all experience some universals in queer culture and queer life but you know for the most part we're the more universal that we're experiencing is along what we have access to. And in this case, like media, you know, just your point about the premium channels, it's like as great as it felt because my uncles happened to have like access to premium cable and I could see queer as folk. I had that kind of like exciting moment, but like all the people that like were seeing the advertisements everywhere, but we're never going to see that show. They didn't have access to it. We've made like, some of this stuff like a premium like like, like crap. you have to you had to be a bougie faggot to get it uh, and that's the shitty part and it's just like yeah. I, again not that queerest folk or the l word represented us but we shouldn't have had to wait until the logo channel came out for us to be able to fucking watch that and access it and have yeah. relatable characters or characters that are a little over the top but at least we had something in fucking common with them right and well, like, that's and just nonsense like oh only the rich queers are allowed to watch about queer people being queer fuck you you know well and and i'm kind of like what i'll be interested as we like learn more things too about this kind of category because i know like we've talked about recently and we talked with b about this like you know the shows that were like are kind of like queer appropriate conversations for younger age groups or not queer appropriate (laughs) younger age appropriate conversations around sex and sexuality you know of a queer nature especially or specifically you know we definitely again like i mean i think about it now and thinking about like uh my so-called life you know and obviously i i don't recall if they ever let him kiss or fuck anybody on that show it was only one season so they yeah yeah So, so like you know like when you think about like that it's like okay but like there has been a fear around like allowing youth and honestly as you're you know be fair fucking hetero fucking norms like if you were young and a teen 11 12 13 14 years old and experiencing these questions of sexuality and identity and like curiosity yourself like we're all entitled to that there's a million stupid fucking shows about teenage girls liking boys in fucking middle right. school and high school like let's be right the queers real. never got to actually explore it they existed right. on the screen they were there <laughs> but they were like the slutty girl's sidekick <laughs> yeah you know i'm gonna tell yeah, you your quiet. ass looks great in that but i'm not gonna get to fuck on camera because ew we only put that on hbo and you're gonna have no problem with it because at night we play softcore straight porn yay you know this is nonsense what is right. this, what is this <laughs> weirdo fucking exchange and not to mention we've barely scratched the surface of gender representation and transgender yeah. representation and non-binary representation and gender fluid representation that is still i would say within the last couple of years where i and i still haven't really explored as much media as i probably should to be able to speak on this so we can look into that obviously but yeah I do remember there being more representation in the last few years than we've ever had that isn't Jim Carrey throwing up at the fact that he had a crush on a fucking trans woman. You know what I mean? Like that fucking disgusting scene where it was like the end of his entire existence because he was turned on by a fucking trans woman or, you know, a, a, a man dressed up in drag is you know being murdered on the street because there are a quote-unquote i'm not gonna say the word but a hooker a trans hooker or whatever the fuck you know like these these things that first of all that they all this misrepresentation you know like oh it's a dude dressed up look he got murdered like in every other motherfucking tv show that shit Mm -hmm. so i was on an episode with cam on her show about this and the fucking 
list of shows that we were able to list off where the the transgender character or the gender non-conforming character got fucking murdered and it was only until we realized that they were a person with feelings through some fucking nonsense you know plot that they they deserve any kind of justice brought forth for them as if like we just remembered they were human after they were murdered it's just like right. that or they're a, the sociopathic murderer yeah oh of course of themselves. course yeah no there was nothing in between either you were the fucking beginning plot of the do you know i i can't remember what fucking tv show it was it was like a documentary about trans representation in movies and media and tv throughout the years and fuck i'll get the name for it next time but it was a beautiful rep it was a beautiful conversation about a really horrific fucking time that was just Mm. disgusting like all these beautiful trans women being like yeah so i was in this this tv show you know boston legal or fucking law and order or ncis or you know one of the thousands of these fuck you know one of the hospital shows or one of the crime shows or cop shows and within the first 20 minutes i die and then some cop with an accent like a a fucking you know italian new york boston whatever comes up and like lifts up my skirt sees i have a dick and then oh fucking this t-word t-slur fucking piece of shit you know like right what you couldn't have ever written a different plot for a fucking gender non-conforming motherfucking character it it's just it it was honestly like a very dark time in media when it comes to that and that fucking disgust me and that's like a whole other like we could have like 17 episodes about that alone right and it's just like like everybody under the lgbtqia plus umbrella got a fucking horrible you know what is it horrible whatever dealt to hand of cards whatever the fucking term is i can't think of things right now but it's just like and that's not to say it's not to say there aren't plenty of queer people that are pieces of shit there certainly are oh sure but when you have this kind of like overarching when the the common trope yeah, there was, a, you know, and, and I do think, like, you know, I remember the community getting really pissed off about Sharon Stone playing a, like, bisexual killer, right? Like, that this is, like, considered, again, like, you know, fucked up representation in the community. Just like the old conversation about, I don't know if you ever saw Cruising with Al Pacino. Um, but, like, I recently watched it again. And this is a movie, again, talk about ebbs and flows. This is a movie in, like, I think 1982 or something like that. It's fucking old. It's, like, early 80s. And and they are kind of representing that there's a serial killer on the loose in the queer community. And, you know, and, of course, like, by default, rather than just saying his sexuality is serial killer, uh, (laughs) there's this implication that, you know, this queer person is a serial killer. You know, so I get it. You know, there there are some things that could always be done better. But there was a big, you know, kind of thing because he goes into the community and he goes to these leather bars and there's a scene showing somebody getting fisted in a sling. And like, like for 1980 something, this is like, what? the fuck but this became like almost a cult classic for some of us who were like i'm sorry back in 1980 whatever i'll take serial killer i'll take anything that shows like fucking faggotry on the screen because like i need something to like understand like what the process involves and listen i don't want any queer people listening to feel shame for enjoying the movies we're gonna or or whatever that we're gonna talk of course not when you are dying and eager and aching to find anybody like you, especially if, if you are from a little fucking town in fucking, you know, North Dakota, where you know six people <laughs> and you you can't find that representation anywhere, you're going to turn to those media sources that, you know, are problematic, but are right. you can see yourself in them. Are they all nonsense and we can rip them apart to like nowadays, not all nonsense, but are they mostly nonsense? Yes. But like, are we still looking at them and like, wow, that's 
somewhat relatable. The fear that that dude has in the movie Philadelphia, that's fucking relatable. You know, I know, but like, that's, I'm trying to say like, you can't, you can't feel bad because you enjoyed the things that had a morsel of humanity. Even if it was like, a terrible and, representation of and, you, and, you know? and look, I'll play I'll play devil's advocate only in this sense, right? Like, I get these things are trying to make money, and many people will go and say, "Well, you know, if you have queer subject matter, like it should be able to still reach a broader audience, right? Why Why does RuPaul rate so well? Well, clearly, a lot of other people, other than just queer people, are also watching it, right? And, you know, I, I do think it's a little unfair to people to not think that they can't appreciate human stories that don't exactly look like their own. It's like the whole ad- adage, like, oh, I have to get my kid circumcised because I want him to look just like that. Right, 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 right. Okay, <laughs> that's fucking weird. Why do you... But, but again, it's like kind of the same thing. Like, you know, people can appreciate information about their lives it's like you you know and this is how you know some of these things are kind of top down you don't want them to appreciate and have empathy or understanding of different walks of life because then you're not going to control their their little brains and narratives so much you know but i mean all that to say it's like i get it and and i i'm not going to be one of those people that's like oh you know x y and z do I think some of these things should be able to do better and not be worried about the bottom line these days? Yes. But I also think a lot of it's embedded in to have the whole controversy and conversation happen because it gets people to watch their fucking shows. Well, look at what just <laughs> happened with the movie Bros. You know, right. the most palatable version, which is a fucking white dude making this shit, right? most palatable version of a queer rom-com palatable by society standards not by our standards obviously and it tanked in the box office so here's the thing i have a critique about this now i'm gonna full disclosure i have not seen this fucking movie um it was not top on my list um however what i will say what this fucking movie got wrong in today's fucking culture is being a fucking film about a fucking white faggot You wanted to fucking bring in fucking people into your fucking movie? Why don't you fucking reflect the queer America that has been in the media, out and loud, out and proud, and fiercely fucking fighting in the streets? That's why your fucking movie tanked, because it was about one tiny slice of a slice of fucking queer existence, and you couldn't even bring in that slice. And that shows you how fucking boring you are and how fucking boring the culture is that you control the narrative for. That's Absolutely. why your fucking movie tanked. And I don't even need to fucking see it to tell you that. <laughs> I don't, Yeah, I don't. The only thing I know about the movie is it's a queer romantic comedy. It had a about bigger, a middle aged white fucking queer. And I, I'm going to say the only other thing I knew is that <laughs> every actor in it is queer. Everybody is queer. Cool. Which is, that was cool. I'm just saying it was yeah. one thing. I no, cool. you, you got that right. And guess what but happened? Also, you realize your life. Your actors. There's so fucking many, you know, it's not sure, like exactly. trying to get them. <laughs> right. So don't bemoan bros. I mean, like, I get what you're saying. And sure. But I actually, I think this bitch is crying foul mouth under the wrong fucking category. I think you didn't read the room. You're not paying attention to what's happening, how wildly popular things like Pose and other things were that already existed in the media before you. You wrote a story about a a slice of a slice of life in New York fucking city, which is again, a slice of a slice of queer life. There's a whole big wide fucking world of fucking queers out there and you didn't speak to them. And that's why your fucking movie tanked. All right, I think he was, again, I don't know the premise and I don't know who's in it. But I would say if that is accurate, I would say he was probably nervous to write outside of his comfort zone. And to me, that's lazy. We're, we're talking about screaming Billy Eichner, right? Or Eichner, whatever his name is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the street. Yeah. So, you know, he's pretty fucking wealthy, fucking queer white dude who has always had a kind of whiny, complainy comedy style. And, like, maybe people just don't like you, 
dude. True. Like you name you name the film Bros, which to be perfectly honest, immediately connotates, even if you're trying to do it tongue in cheek and be woke as fuck about it. And I've read of how he's tried to weave wokeness into the script. The problem was is you wrote it, you directed it, you fucking starred in it. It's pretty fucking white dude fucking queer. That's what right. people weren't attracted to, even if you weaved in wokeness. The same criticism, like, look, I loved the 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 HBO series about the hotel in Hawaii, right? Um, but again, kind of written by another like white queer man trying to weave in wokeness, right? And like it kind of showed a little bit, and like you he got the critique in the in the back, like okay, cool to write about these things. Cool to even, like, try to work in representation. You didn't do a fantastic job at it, but there you have it, right? You know, and and all I'm saying is, like, you know, you're trying to write things, and this is where I think actually consumers and people in general are getting fucking wise. You know, you can't keep recycling the old, tired, fucking everythings that you keep doing. The world is Banji. Banji is king and queen right now. And that's because we're sick of seeing things that we can't afford or can't obtain or can't get to. We would like to see things that at least turn the irony of our everyday lives into something creative and clever. Yeah, we're, we're, and, we're watching the Kardashians tell us uh, that you have to get off your ass and work. Nobody ah, wants to work oh. anymore. Shut up, you fucking whore. At the end of the day, <laughs> oh shit! I mean, Kardashian watched Paris Hilton get fucking famous off her sex tape, and Kim Kardashian wanted a reality TV show, so she put out a fucking sex tape. Smartest girl in the world. Also, shut the fuck up. I don't care how hard you work. I want you to eat a salad at the table like all the time. And you have so much time to play with your kids. And, you know, oh like, I don't fucking care, bitch. It's not work when you wake up and your celebrity pays your bills. Fuck you. Hey, we we put out we put out a sex tape. Where's our fucking fame and fortune? Yeah, no shit. Fuck? I make five dollars off my sex tape. So. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, people are sick of that. People, and then the other thing is who is <coughs> who that movie i think appeals to are people that aren't mm. gonna go see it in a fucking theater and i don't think it came out on any streaming platforms no so, and like, that's where he messed up if if, yeah, if he had done we're, we're, something not even, little... we're not post covid yet we're still yeah. fucking in the middle of fucking covid and people with comorbidities and people with fucking you know fear of you know also what better fucking place to go in and cause you know a gay hate crime than a fucking theater full of people seeing a gay movie i'm sorry but like we're not beyond that yet we're not beyond people but, getting fucking killed for their queerness so what the fuck yeah. would you, i'm sorry you should be able to watch it in the comfort of your own goddamn home but, i'm sure so many more people would have went to see it but, but and there's a there's a hypocrisy with it too or not a hypocrisy but like bitch your reviews are good people that are seeing it like it you're complaining about not making enough fucking greenbacks well welcome to the fucking world motherfucker that's what everybody else is suffering with and that, like, like, i'm sorry yeah, they didn't go see it people don't have do I, I billy on the street needs to understand that the people that want to see this movie either are a part of a marginalized community that might be nervous to show up and see it or people that can't afford to go to the fucking movie theater i know, you know what, what is I mean? it like 20 2800 a ticket plus like 1500 for popcorn if you look at like halloween which just came out for example and I know we're not talking about the same fucking type of movie, but the last Halloween fucking movie that came out before this one had a, a, a two queer characters that everybody were very, very upset died. So just as an example, Halloween came out in the theater and on Peacock and everybody uh, saw Halloween. I right, went to the theater right. to see it. Do you know how many fucking people were in the theater? About 12 including right. some seven-year-olds yeah. that was weird um but like 12 people and it was halloween during october in the right. a week after it came out there's no reason why that theater shouldn't have been packed yes there is covid yeah. 
just in general, people don't want to go to public spaces because of all the fucking mass shootings that have been happening. I don't mean to be fucking. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, and there's I, a, right. say that that's something that could possibly happen, but it fucking is. Marginalized communities no. are getting fucking slaughtered by gun violence right now. I'm sorry, but there, there have been so many fucking shootings and fires and shit in theaters. Why the fuck would you want to go to a movie that you're probably a part of the fucking gay community if you're going to see it? Why would you go <laughs> in person? Is any but like that, and that is how detached he is from reality and from the real world right. and what queer people think about. Because my what? first thought process when I go to see a movie is, is there gonna be some motherfucker there to fucking kill people? And I know that's <laughs> fucking ridiculous, but I don't no, want to go in I don't to laugh. I get you. No, 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 no. You, you, you make a really valid point. And I think, you know, I think there's something like very connective about this particular conversation because, you know, again, you have like this, this strong narrative talking about, you know, a moderately, like, even if it has deep moments in certain people's lives, like, a pretty, like, mediocre plot premise to begin with. And again, I haven't seen it. But I will tell you this. Like, if I don't see a movie that, like, like doesn't reflect somewhat, like, partial... Unless I'm watching, like, sci-fi kind of shit about, like, you know, some queer alien species doing X, Y, and Z. And, I, you know, I'm totally down for that shit. But, like, if if I'm not watching that kind of thing, I want something of your story to be reflective. We are past, like, fucking fairy tale days in human society. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm saying you can be funny and be real. You can be sexy and be real. You can be, like, dramatic and be real. Like, Why do you think uh, that TV show, what was it called, um... It's called High Maintenance. It was the guy, it was like 20 minute shorts and the guy that would, he was just the, the. it was like on HBO or something, but it was the mm. drug dealer that would go to New York City houses. Like people, he would deal to people in New York City. And so oh, many beautiful. people watch that shit because it was fucking related. Didn't we fuck a couple of those guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was relatable in so many different ways. Either you were a New Yorker or somebody that lived with roommates in a major metropolitan city who understood the, the ridiculousness. Or he was showing up to very poor houses or people struggling or artsy people trying to survive Sorry. off of their you know creativity. Shit like that. It was there was so much relatability into in it that which is why it was so successful. And I'm not saying you it has to be relatable, but when when you're base premise dating as a queer person you're gonna have everybody and if you t and i again i didn't see it so i don't know which we can we can go back later and say if we were wrong or not but if oh my god should we should we watch no, it now, now we need we to watch it should. yeah we probably should we should watch it live on twitch so people can watch it with us but you know <laughs> if people if if people are watching it and you're showing me million dollar fucking penthouses in new york city i don't want that because guess what? That's one guy out of every fucking thousand queer people that we know. It's one or two white men that hid his sexuality for fucking 25 years right. and made it to the top as some CEO, you well, know? And, and that's the thing. Relatable. I'm sorry. That's, that was uh, No, no, no. You can but be a lot of these... queer, but I just don't know any rich queers in New York City myself. And the one person the... I two people separated from that was that person literally was like the CEO closeted at his goddamn company. So, right. Right. So that, I mean, that really does bring again, full circle to like that idea of representation. The, re the reality is, is like, you know, whether it's like sex in the city or whatever, it's not even just about the money. It's about the like sheer materialism, right? Like there becomes this like expectation and I'm talking for us. I'm not even give a fuck about what fucking straight people think about these things. Like, I know they, like, love it. Like, they love having a little poodle, you know? Right. Like, but, like, the reality is, is that some of this shit is, like, you know, it, if you don't have access to it and then yet feel compelled to live up to it. And, of course, because 
those things don't work, you know, you're going to fall short. And again, this like creates this definition of failure in us and shame in us that like, oh, like I should be able to get that hot guy. Okay, let's fuck the conversation about being able to get the hot guy. What really fucking matters and is interesting about people that one should be attracted to to begin with, queer or otherwise. And like nobody is painting characters that like you would give a shit about other than a fucking role in the sack on one fucking night at a bar. True. That's the problem. Nobody wants to see, I think in the last couple years specifically, people have awoken, if you will, to information that they maybe didn't really understand before. And one of those things is that uh, most of us are really struggling and we can't afford those things that we once were like, oh, it's so fun to watch this TV show, for example, because... I want that someday. I'm going to get that someday. I see that for myself someday. Now that we understand how far fucking removed we truly are from the achievability of said thing, we don't want to see it anymore. It's a fucking tease. You're dangling a carrot that we're never going to suck. And And, and, and once you get there, you realize it's fucking nothing. Why do you think Tokisha is so fucking popular right now? Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, fuck the Madonna drama of the, the situation. Like, if you listen to this young, like, up-and-coming singer, rapper, performer, like, talk, there is something that she is connecting herself to. Yeah, she's writing super sexual s- lyrics, but it, it's not just the super sexual lyrics. She's writing about what is reflective of like her life and young people dealing with shit that they're dealing with in the here and now. And she is so popular because there are so many people relating to that message. Right. And people want, I think, I think nowadays today, if we're going to see the trauma porn, which I don't think needs to happen, but if we're going to see it, it needs to be fucking relatable you know we don't want to see the rich person having a drug addiction we want to see the fucking person next door with the drug addiction we want (laughs) to see relatable even if it's in these harsher forms or whatever we just we we're sick of everything being this glamorized version of like even just look at the show friends as and this isn't queer but look at the show friends as just an example of none of those people and their jobs could have afforded those fucking apartments that they were living in. Sure. You know, and it's just this most, the most and- ridiculous idea is that that is this achievable goal for all of us. Yeah. The only, the only real kind of like, you know, and th- this was always my critique. These are a bunch of white people that always seem to get what they want just by wanting it, which is obviously for once I would like to see, you know, like, like Joey is probably the closest to seeing somebody that's like tries and fails at being an actor is on a budget, definitely like relies on his friends to buy anything super nice or whatever. Right. But like, is like eventually rewarded, you know, and, and why is he not a good, because he's not a good actor. That's why he's not getting any jobs. Right. Right. But, but I mean, and all that, just to say like, you know, for once I would love to see, and I don't know what this is. It's just because we want to, like, you know, I think people still think the TV and, and media thing is to delude us into a soft fairy tale to make us forget about our lives. Right. But what if, what if on some level it took up the torch of idea of, like, let's show a real thing that shows people solving real-life problems that we all deal with, which the sitcoms do. They just show it and, like, again, they overcome their situation either through some weird moral objective or just through sheer fucking willpower Mm -hmm. i want to be and therefore i am whereas wouldn't it be great and like really engaging with your audience if you if you had somebody who was like laid off from their job and like didn't really know where to go you know it's why roseanne back in the old days like like oh what do you do when you're fucked well here are some ideas this is what my cousin joe did you know like Like the why can't you make that entertaining the Connors are still <laughs> trying to do that, but I also think that they still, you know, it, it's it's based 
little bit in reality, but they miss a couple marks here and there. And it's like, well, it's and that's a, a good partial, you know. Look at the laissez-fairness of that show that's dealt with queerness and 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 trans identity. True. Um, and in a you know, very like working class small town kind of idiom, right? Like it's it, it you know, and and again. It's not about people getting it right or wrong. It's about like what you're seeing that you didn't see, whether it's from cartoons with queer things like um, what is that? The St- Steven Universe. Steven Universe and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, I think these are things I'm curious, you know, to understand a little bit more about, you know, what is out there. Like, you know, yeah, I'm like interested to learn it. Yeah. I want to yeah, see. Fuck yeah. I, I just stumbled the other day on a, a Tegan and Sarah coming of age story TV show thing. Yeah, what? I didn't watch it or anything, but I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's like these two twin girls playing Tegan and Sarah. And I don't know much about it, but like, I'm definitely going to check it out just because I'm like, that's interesting that they did that, you know? But of course, it's so- it's playing on some fucking tv channel on my like app screen that's called like <laughs> freebie or something like it's just oh, like freebie freebie is owned by amazon now so oh, keep that in mind interesting. Uh-huh. Interesting. yeah this keeping track every time something is cool and independent and for the people somebody gonna buy that shit yeah um and then charge you for it mm-hmm. <laughs> be freebie much longer exactly so i'm like totally like i'm totally excited um to kind of like like look up and see i want to see what's in the hearing now and like i want to maybe like do a temperature check on how people feel about overall representation now and not like you know not from one of these like fucking pay-to-play fucking agencies like let's see if we can take the temperature on what you know how people feel do we think we're going in the right direction or is it all like american horror story and glee like nightmares like what 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 we got coming yeah, that's that's great. I like uh I'm ju- I'm very interested to see who we're going to end up bringing in and like talking to because yeah. there's so many different options of people that we could talk to, but also I keep having to remember that we're not talking about just horror movies because we could have an entire four episodes just on like queer representation in horror, for example. Oh my god, but that would be fun because that's actually an interesting conversation to go off of. Like, how do you do that right? You know. Yes. Well, okay. So we're not Without- at this seat. This. this- <laughs> or are we? I'm like shit. I- we have a whole uh, other hour here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> let's see, let's see what we can get. <laughs> let's see who will have us. Well, I think for I well right. I I think for right now though, our our focus should be like mainstream media because there's all sorts of you know whatever not mainstream is like sub culture like like uh, indie indie indie, thank you there's lots of (laughs) style like youtube series and shit like that that i'm sure oh yeah there's one called like brujos i think it's like like about like queer latinx uh vampires or witches or the whole nine yards yes, so i think it's witches that's exactly what about that kind of so there's yeah. there's tons of indie stuff but my question is more i think we're questioning it more in a way of you know what is the mainstream media that the queer youth and teens and even young adults right now have at their easy access like yeah, you know, I feel like more more houses are likely to have like basic cable, right? We should do we can do some in, like a little bit of a study on this actually. Let's find out. Like that's one of the questions we can ask ourselves is, you know, um, what is the most consumed form like platform for media right now? Is it basic cable? I'm pretty sure it's still uh-huh. it. I still think it like outweighs a lot of the other things that are a little bit extra as opposed to a streaming service, as opposed to like YouTube, you need to have the Uh internet to have YouTube. You also need to have like your parental permissions turned off to be able to access those shows. For example, some of them are behind a paywall. So there's all this stuff out there available to consume, but like what does the average or, or even below average or whatever the fuck term you want to use, what does the average queer youth have at, at for access and at their disposal for 
actual representation? You know, what are their options? Do they have, yeah. is it, is it the norm to have like the 50 channel basic cable? And if so, what are they getting to watch? Is it just a grass yeah. movie runs? Meh. You know, what I mean? <laughs> it may be, it may it be might, skins yeah. episodes. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good question. And I think, you know, we should look and find a general thing. Like I'm, I'm also curious at this point, what are the, the top, you know, queer shows for queers by queers. Like, what is, like, you know, because we may not know them. It's a fucking international media world. So, like, I, I'm curious to know and, and curious to share. And, like, you know, I think there's a few different, like, things we will look up and share with our lovely audience uh, next week, and then we'll figure out what we want to dive deeper on. Yes. And then, like, hopefully somebody, like, you know, I don't even care if they're famous, but super interesting that, like, likes to talk or knows to talk about these things will, like, chat us up. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now we're going to talk over each other real quick. <laughs> You've been listening to the Screw Podcast with Felicia Rose and A-Love. Tune in next week when we do a deeper dive into this conversation we were just having about media and queerness and what people have access to watch or consume. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And, you know, I mean, I still know, like feel like, you know, pornography is probably high up on there. But, like, we're talking about, like, more pop media culture stuff, right? Yeah, but again, that's not that's all based on, like, internet and access and stuff like that. And yeah, I feel like, like well, everybody has a phone. You know what? That's not true. Let's stop pretending like it's just this easy thing to just have a fucking cell phone and have internet and be able to watch whatever you want to watch. That's not a yeah. thing for a lot of households I mean, and a lot of kids, you know? That's true. That's true. And yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I love how we say goodbye. And we go, Thank you for joining the rusty trombone and the Sarlacc pit. All right. <laughs> ah, where is the stop button on this shit? Oh my God. <laughs>